God bless you guys. Good to see all of you this morning. Amen. Let's all stand. In my mind, every service is important. Every time we gather together in the presence of God, uh, it's, it's steeped in potential. And that potential is only realized if we go after it, if I can say it that way. Uh, the Lord is here. He's willing. He can do anything that we need Him to do. Uh, but He's waiting on us. And if we will just approach Him in faith, if we will ask Him, if we will seek Him, uh, we will be found of Him. Amen. We have that promise in Scripture. Praise God. So let's call out on Him this morning. This is His service. He is sovereign in this place. Amen. Lord Jesus, You're an awesome God. You're a great and glorious, wondrous Savior. We do delight ourselves in You, and we delight to heap glory and honor unto the Most High God today. It is our great pleasure to worship You today, to praise You, to laud and to magnify You because of Your greatness, because of who You are. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the Lord God Almighty. There is no one higher. There is no one greater than You. We worship You because of who You are. We worship You for Your mighty acts. We worship You because Your train fills the temple. You, you are victorious from day to day. You have never known failure. You have never known defeat. You are always and ever victorious in all that You do. All that You promise, all that You seek to do comes to pass. We worship You, Lord Jesus, for Your mighty acts. Thank You, Lord, for Your, your plans for the service, these services today. We seek Your face. We seek Your direction this morning. This is Your service. We are Your people. You are God. We seek of You this morning all that we have need of today. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name that Your perfect will would be manifest here today. That all of Your heart, all of Your mind would be made manifest in our midst here today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Bless Your people. Feed them today. Undergird them with strength. Encourage them in the Lord their God in this place those joining online, I pray above all else that Your mighty name, Your precious name would be glorified here this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are worthy of worship. You're worthy of all praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are an awesome God, and we delight ourselves in You today. Praise God. Praise God. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Our youth can be dismissed. Amen. There are more coming. I promise you that. They're going to be late. Okay. <clears throat> this month, we're starting a new topic, the power of forgiveness. That's what we'll be talking about this month. Uh, but last month, uh, by way of review... We talked about the necessity of having ministers in our lives. All of us need a mentor, someone uh, that can speak both good and hard things into our lives when necessary. Ephesians 4:11 through 15 says he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, 
We move on to maturity. We move on to completion. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. In other words, we understand what we believe. We understand in whom we believe. We understand truth. We're apt to teach. We're persuaded that these things that we preach and teach, they are truth. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into Him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Amen. So that is the reason that God gives us ministers into our lives, all of us, for those very, those very reasons. And last week we talked about Samuel and Saul. They had a call on their lives, differing calls, but calls nonetheless. They were to be mightily used of God. One was to be a prophet and a judge. The other one was to be a king. God had placed spiritual mentors in both their lives to equip them, to guide them into their respective ministries. In both Samuel's and in Saul's lives, we see the importance of taking proper time for preparation before entering into the ministry God has called us to. And that is so important and often overlooked. And uh, many times, certainly when we're in the middle of a preparatory stage in our lives, uh, we, we minimize it. We, we kind of disparage it even. Uh, we want to get going. We want to... You told me what I need to be doing, so why can't I just go do it? <clears throat> well, we've talked about that at length before. You know, there's a, there's a period of time between, uh, uh, between being called and being sent. Receiving the call of God uh, is sometimes many years later before you're actually ready to enter into that calling. In any case, Samuel, he spent many formative years at the temple at Shiloh serving under Eli before he was ready to assume the mantle of prophet and judge of Israel. Uh, no doubt he was doing many menial tasks, many uh, things that would have been below a judge and a prophet, uh, quote-unquote, but necessary things for the development of Samuel's ministry. Saul, however, was catapulted into the kingship uh, in my mind, in no small part, because of Israel's rebellion in desiring a king uh, is one reason he was catapulted into that. In any case, he had no time of preparation. He did have a mentor in his life, and I think if he would have listened to his mentor and, and submitted himself to, to Samuel's wisdom in, in guiding him, I think he still would have been okay. But he didn't. Uh, the, the problem was not necessarily uh, a lack of listening, it, it, was, it was a character issue. It was a problem of the heart. And those are the things that God deals with us in those times of prepar preparation. Uh, it's not simply just learning how to go through the steps. Uh, it, that's not what it is. It's, it's primarily getting this ready getting me ready, my character, character flaws that I have that will, that will be a huge detriment if they remain in ministry. So those are the things that God takes care of when we are in a preparatory stage in our lives. We all need mentors, spiritual advisors in our lives who can counsel us, guide us, and correct us when necessary. And we all need to wait on God's timing. I've said before, that was very hard for me to do. 
uh, Jesus is coming back, and the world needs saving, and, and if I don't get out there right now, it's not going to happen. Right? Yeah, the world was doing just fine before I was born. Uh, so the Lord tarry, I'm sure it'll keep spinning long after I'm gone. But we do need to wait on God's timing. He wants you to succeed. So let Him prepare you and equip you for the task that He has called you to do. Amen. Daily devotions. And before we get into the, the devotions proper, uh, another reminder that it doesn't matter what kind of a position someone has. It doesn't matter uh, how God is mightily using someone in the gifts of, of, of the Spirit. Those things do not indicate God's blessing or God's pleasure on them. He is not necessarily pleased with their lifestyle. I'm sure all of us can think of at least one individual whom God has used mightily. But they were living in sin. They were not doing what God wanted them to do. I'm still not sure I wholly, completely understand that. why that is, but it's true. That does not indicate God's favor on someone. That just simply indicates that someone has faith. We see Jesus saying, you know, you say, you call me Lord, Lord, but you do not the things I say. We did all these works in your name. We did many miracles, signs and wonders in your name. And he says, I don't even know who you are. I never knew you. But yet they were doing all of these things. Fruit is what we want to see in someone's life. The fruit of the Spirit. That indicates spirituality. That indicates a right standing with God. That indicates that someone is in a growing covenant relationship with our Savior. When they manifest the fruit of the Spirit. You'll know them by their fruit, not by their gifts. Day one, we may encounter God in the midst of doing mundane things. Isn't that true? That still small voice. We're looking for the lightnings and the thunderings and the, the, the signs and the wonders and the terrors. Uh, and we, I am looking for them. And I do love seeing them. But... In the searching and in the looking and in the seeking, let's not miss God in the ordinary and in the everyday common things. Let's not, let's not miss God there either. Find joy in everything you do. This was counseled to me recently, and I find it very good. Find joy in everything that you do, everything you put your hands to. Find joy in it. Because when you live for God, God is in all of it. Everything we do is for God, in service to God. So can't we find joy in everything that we do? Amen. Day two, Samuel's emphasis on Saul receiving a new heart in the midst of the company of prophets indicates to us the importance of surrounding ourselves with other believers. Amen. We understand that. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, but not simply that either. It's okay to spend time in in someone's home, breaking bread, fellowship. Uh, calling someone on the phone. All great things, but, but we need to surround ourselves with other believers. Now, of course, that's not saying we're going to lock ourselves in an ivory tower and, 
and separate ourselves from the world that way. Uh, that's not what we're talking about either. Uh, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. Amen. So, we do need to mingle. We do need to, to make friends outside of church, certainly, acquaintances. Uh, but, it is true that who you surround yourselves with, that's who you become. So, we need to understand that. That's an important choice that we make as believers. Spiritual transformation is designed to take place within the body of Christ. When Saul encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus, it seemed like an instant change in Saul, and it really was, but he had to manage that decision every day after. He had to continue to decide, this is the path I'm going on. Saul, later Paul, was always found in the presence of like-minded brethren. In fact, in a moment of great lament, in my mind, one of the saddest scriptures out there, Philippians 2 and 20, he says, For I have no man like-minded. There's no one in my, in my company that, that thinks the way that I think, that believes the way I believe, that, that feels like I feel. What a blessing it is when we can surround ourselves with like-minded individuals who feel the same way, who love God the same way you do. Amen. We will not grow in God by ourselves. We are or will quickly become who we surround ourselves with. So choose wisely. When we surround ourselves with the people of God, we will more quickly grow in God. Amen. It's a, it's a self-perpetuating cycle. You kind of feed off of each other. And that's a good thing. That's a good cycle to get into. Day three, carnal individuals, whether in the world or in the church, unfortunately they are in the church as well, cannot understand the value we place on spiritual things. And that's something we've got to settle in our hearts pretty quickly. Certainly uh, those of us who have come out of the world at some later stage in life into this truth, uh, we have family members, we had friends that uh, they didn't understand us anymore. They didn't understand why you were coming to church so often. They didn't understand why you were doing this, that, and the other. Church, 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 that seems to, that's all you do now. Why don't you drink anymore? Why don't you go to the club anymore? They don't understand because they don't value spiritual things. At one time, we didn't understand or value spiritual things. But we have a change of heart. We've become new creatures in Christ. If you find it difficult to choose between the spiritual and the carnal, that tells us something about ourselves. If you find it very easy to choose the spiritual over the carnal, that says something as well. Luke 10, 38-42 says this, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid, bid her therefore that she help me. Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Now again, there are necessary carnal things that we need to take care of. The house needs to be cleaned. 
things need to be maintained. We've got to go get a job so we can pay for the beefsteak that we eat during the supper meal. Amen. Those things are, are, are necessary. But, in the midst of all that, again, that's not our priority. That's not our emphasis. Our emphasis is on the spiritual. Our emphasis is on the eternal. Amen. And so, when we're taking care of the necessary carnal things, make sure to maintain our focus on those more necessary spiritual things. Day four, God has perfect plans for each of us, but He will not interfere if we insist on doing things our way. Free moral agency is a huge blessing and a huge curse, depending on how we use it. Like most things, I suppose. Let's make it a blessing. Let's use our free moral agency and choose wisely. Let's choose God's direction for our lives. We do not have to measure up to this world's ideas of success or worthiness. Neither do we have to measure up to any individual's ideas of who we ought to be. This is something that took me a long time to understand, or at least to receive. I understand the words I just read, but I didn't receive it for a very long time. And when I say receive, I mean possess, own, use. I can receive, uh, I can, you can give me a gift. Give me a gift. Oh, that's nice. And I set it to the side. You gave it to me. It's mine. But did I really possess it? No, I just stuffed it in a drawer and forgot about it. Versus, oh, this is awesome. And I use it. I use it a lot. When it wears out, I fix it. Now I've possessed it. When the Lord gives us something, we need to, we need to possess that. We need to receive it. Like that. Our worth, our definition of success, indeed who we are, those are found in God. And in God only. Folks, I may, I may uh, be disagreeing with some people when I say this, but it doesn't matter what I think of you guys. It matters what God thinks about you. I'm a human being just like everyone else. If I'm right with God, well, hopefully that my affections are going to line up with His affections. <clears throat> but if they don't, well, you need to please God. I need to please God. He's, he's who I identify with. That's who you identify with. I'm not worried about pleasing Dad. I'm not worried about pleasing my children. I'm not worried about pleasing my boss. You understand what I mean when I say that. I seek to please the Lord Jesus Christ. The old saying, if I please God, it doesn't matter who I displease. If I displease God, it doesn't matter who else I please. My focus is Him. Day 5. It's possible that Israel wanted an earthly king because they wanted something understandable and familiar. I admit I hadn't thought about it like that before. I thought they just wanted to be like the other nations. But, this, this has a bit of truth to it. God is always calling us beyond ourselves. He's always trying to stretch us and grow us. Uh, 
to get us, all of us, outside whatever comfort zone we may have. But people don't like that. I don't like it. I doubt too many people do. I like the familiar. I like the comfortable. I told you before how I hate being the new guy at work. I make all the mistakes I can, learn as quickly as possible, so now it's familiar. Now it's comfortable. Now I can just do the job on autopilot. And then I'll be looking for new things to learn. But that's not how God operates in our lives. We need to remember, always remember, that God can do literally anything He wants to do through you. He is not limited by our limitations. So let's not try to force that on God. Telling God that we can't because. That's not going to work because. That's impossible because. He'd probably say, yep. Uh Uh-huh. Sure is. That's why I'm asking you to do it. God can do anything He wants to do through any one of us. So let Him. Our lesson today is entitled, Authority to Forgive. Our Scripture text is found in Mark chapter 2, verses 1-12. through Authority to forgive. Mark chapter 2 starts by saying this, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. 